Welcome to the Mind Vine Podcast, where we challenge the stigma associated with mental illness through conversations about a variety of issues impacting mental health. Here we bring you news, views, and interviews that intrigue, educate, and celebrate recovery. Leading us on this journey are the hosts of the Mind Vine Podcast, Daryl Mathers and Chris Bovey. We're going to start with and kind of introducing you to the Mindvine podcast. Um, my name is Daryl Mathers. This is my co-host Chris Bovey, and I'm pleased to have with us today Marianne Baton, uh, the program director of Great West Life Center for Mental Health in the Workplace. I think I got that right. You did. Welcome. Thank you. You also have a number of other titles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Consider a workplace mental health expert, author. Uh, you do a lot of consulting with different employees, or sorry, employers, unions, different organizations like that. I'm probably missing a few things, but uh, thanks for coming uh, and joining us on the podcast as we're here at the CMHA uh, Mental Health for All conference. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, okay. So we'll start off just by maybe give us a little background about the Great uh, great Life, Great Great West Life Center, <laughs> and uh, we'll start from there. It's a mouthful, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Apparently this morning it is. <laughs> so the insurance company, Great West Life, um, gets behind a lot of different things, supports the arts, supports children's charities, supports research, and they decided, um, because of their involvement with the Global Business and Economic Roundtable on Mental Health and Addiction, that they wanted to get behind workplace mental health. So this was a decade ago, and they approached me, who happened to be a social worker working for the Canadian Mental Health Association. So here's, <laughs> here we are full circle back at CMHA. And uh, they said, we want to do something. And I'm thinking, well, why aren't you choosing somebody in marketing or promotion? Because you're an insurance company. Obviously, this is about marketing or promoting your company. And they said, no, what actually we want to do is we want to do this for the greater good. And we want to actually leverage the best practices, the best research, the best evidence that's out there. And we want it available to all Canadians. And uh, I really was kind of skeptical. (laughs) And I took it on thinking I would stay for a year and help them to launch this. And now, 10 years later, I actually believe that they had the integrity that they really wanted to do this for the greater good. And it has been a gift to me. I feel often like a kid in a candy store because every year it's like, what would you like to do to help evolve and support employers to have positive workplace mental health this year? So that's, that's what the center is, is about helping all employers. Go ahead. Sorry, and what, what's the appetite right now among employers or companies? Is it, is it, a, is it a slow progress? I mean, we've, we've come a long way when we make physical accommodations for people with disabilities, but I don't know if employers have really grasped mental health accommodation. And, you know, it's like every social movement, if you will. There's always going to be the early adopters, the people that are passionate, they take it up and they run with it. And then there's going to be the people that wait to see the evidence, which we now have, that it works and that it's good for business. And some people say that like it's a criticism of employers, well, they don't want to do it unless it's good for business. I don't see it that way because if it's not good for business and you end up folding or not being sustainable, we know that one of the things that's really bad for our mental health is unemployment. So we want 
employers to be successful. And what the evidence now shows is you can do both. Mm -hmm. You can have a psychologically healthy and safe workplace and be profitable. Right. Do you see companies, at what point do you see companies kind of entering the workplace mental health realm? Is it when they're experiencing issues in their business or are they, are they coming early to the table? Yes. <laughs> so both, Daryl. I see, um, I think the very early adopters were people who already got it on a personal level. So you have leaders who have family members or leaders who have seen employees who are struggling with their mental health. They get it. They want to do the right thing. They want to support people. But then what's happened since then is now we're getting the astute business people who have read the research, looked at the evidence and said, this is good for businesses is what I'm doing. So that's where we're at right now. There's still the unconverted, if you will. But I think that we're always going to have some people who think the um, command and control model is the way to go, that if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. But the irony of that particular uh, metaphor is that you look at the Department of National Defense, the ultimate command and control, they get it. Mm. They've started to take um, real action to support people to prevent the worst effects from trauma exposure and then to support people afterwards. Right. How valuable is it, and I've seen this with certain corporations or universities, where one of the leadership um, discloses their own, because I think, you know, I think there's still, the employee always feels like if I disclose, I'll never kind of climb the corporate ladder. But when, when leadership says, I've struggled or I'm connected to it, it almost gives a, a changes the culture that people can come forward and I still can get that promotion. They understand what I'm going through. And I have seen it over and over again. I have a really vivid memory of being in a very cramped boardroom for one of the top banks and the vice president spoke. You could have heard a pin drop as she explained her own experience with mental illness. You look at Bill Wilkerson, who was the head of the round table, and it took him years before he shared because he felt that he didn't want it to be about him. He wanted it to be about the business case. And yet, when he finally did share, it also shifted some of the top leaders that we're not talking about them. We're talking about us. And any one of us could be vulnerable. So I think the more that successful professional leaders speak out, the more we normalize that this is part of the human experience. Great. For somebody that may not be familiar with mental health workplace or what, what that actually means, can you give us a sense of what a, an, a business environment or organization environment that's kind of pro-mental health in the workplace, what does that actually look like? It means that employees wake up in the morning and they look forward to coming to work. It means that when they're at work, they are supported to have the maximum amount of energy to focus on the job at hand and when they leave at the end of the day, they still have energy left over. They're not going home angry at the world, um, damaging relationships, exhausted physically and mentally from their work. They're going home, they're having the ability to have a good life. That's what it is. It's not about, let's all be nice. 
let's all walk on eggshells, let's all be politically correct. It's really about how do I maximize the potential and energy of every employee in my workplace. Mm-hmm. Is that a greater challenge in this day and age where it's um, contract positions, more doing more with less and just pressures on the family life? Is, do you find it's it's even more necessary or even more of a struggle today than it was 10 years or 15 I, years ago? I think it's more necessary. Yeah. Because if we want more from people, right. if we want them to be able to really be on, really be um, innovative, creative, being able to think on their feet, then it's more important to support the resource of the brain. Do you have to draw that line for employers sometimes, like where they see supporting an employee and creating that environment that you're talking about is actually going to produce better results? I think that that has been sort of the greatest turning point for most employers is when they understand that you're not sacrificing productivity and performance for positive mental health that they're actually one in the same thing. That if we can support performance in a positive way, helping people to contribute to be their best selves at work, that it benefits the employer. It's where the employer thinks, oh, here's all these do-gooders and they want us to all be sweet and nice, but you know what, I got a business to run and I just can't be walking around all sweetness and light every day. We're saying, you really don't have to. You, there is a middle ground there where you can expect high levels of productivity and quality without being, um, I'm thinking of a word that's politically correct, um, <laughs> with, without being a negative impact on mental health. Uh, just you know, kind of one last thing I wanted to touch on while we have you here is uh, you mentioned just as we were preparing to kind of get formal with the podcast that you have an event coming up this week and a book that we were discussing. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? So on Thursday, we're launching a book called The Evolution of Workplace Mental Health in Canada Toward a Standard on Psychological Health and Safety. This came about because people from all over the world um, have been asking, how did, you, how did Canada end up being the first ever with a standard for psychological health and safety in the workplace? And the answer is, as Dr. Martin Shane said, a, a perfect storm happened where so many different players all agreed at the same time that A, we can do this without placing an unfair burden on employers, and B, it can be effective in supporting the economy and in supporting individuals. And so when government and business and clinicians and individuals and advocates all came together at the same time and said, we can do this, we will do this, that's what happened. So the book itself, which will be available for everyone in French and English at no cost, when the book itself was being written, um, we interviewed over 100 people about their experience and, and how it came together. And I think you're going to find that, although it is based on the research done by Dr. Jody Samra about what the actual impacts were, it is also based on the stories of all the people that were there on the ground. And, you know, um, that saying... It takes a a village or indeed a small group of people can make change. It's absolutely true. You see that this happened in this country. 
So where do people, I mean, there's so much information out there. Where do people go to get the resources? Uh, so the website is called WorkplaceStrategiesForMentalHealth.com. Okay. It's a really long URL until you get it in <laughs> the first I'm time. glad you said it. I didn't have to. <laughs> but WorkplaceStrategiesForMentalHealth.com is uh, supported 100% by the Great West Life Center for Mental Health in the Workplace. And so everything on it is free in both languages. Great. Well, thank you very much yeah. for joining us. It's hard uh, to believe sometimes how far we've come. Like, I, I know mm -hmm. we always look in, in mental health that we have so much further to go, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of stigma and awareness and integrating it into our lives. But I also think of how far we have come. You know, like, the, I remember our first workplaces, workplace mental health, I mean, I wouldn't even have known how to respond to that term. Right, know, right. right. And now it's, you know, now it's becoming... Um, I think it's going to be something that uh, the next generation coming into workplaces, they're going to expect, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's that uh, it's going to be an expectation of their employer that they be supported in that way. So it's, yeah. it's really interesting to chat with you today. Thank yeah. you. It's Thank a you. great time to be in this field, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. it is. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Carol.